What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting across the way, is Miss Rachel Smith of Jackson Grace in Statesboro, Georgia. Yep. Hey, Welcome how are you? to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Rachel, it's a pleasure having you here. You know, uh, we've actually, I want to say, probably tried to schedule this multiple <laughs> times. So, so many times. And there has always been something that pops up. Right. It's like kind of yep. one of those things as a business owner. But yes. we're finally glad to have you on the show. So happy to have you here. Uh, Rachel, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am a mom of two, busy business owner. Um, always been a business kind of person, so it's in my blood. My dad's a business owner. My sister's a business owner. We just gr- like to grind. That kind yep. of gets us going. Um, we moved to Statesboro back in 2015. My husband was in the Marine Corps, and okay. he got recruiting duty orders. We were only supposed to be here about three years. And um, we ended up staying because he got orders to California, and they found us something on his spinal cord, and we actually – um, he wasn't able to relist, so he got medically retired, and we decided we loved the community. We loved the business support for small businesses in town, and so we'd already grown at that point. We decided to stay and just trust God and the plan that, you know, he'll provide, Love even that. though Hunter didn't have a job yet, and he sure provided, and we stayed, and we've been here supporting um, the community and having them support us ever since. I and love that. That's so, just what we uh, do. So how the original plan was three years. Yep. We had already, I already knew. I told my landlord, we will not, don't ask me to extend the <laughs> lease. We will be gone. Military never changes their plans, but God had other plans that Absolutely. were bigger. And we're grateful because we love it here. And, you know, the question I would have is, was there, you know, within that three years, did you already have a business at that time or were you already developing the business side or what were you doing during those three years? So funny, actually, when we moved here, I was a photographer. I'd done that for 10 years and I had traveled through the area just for weddings and, you know, going down the border to do weddings in Florida and North Carolina, South Carolina, all that. So I'd kind of been through the Savannah area. Um, but when we moved here, uh, as you know, the gnats are pure hell here in Georgia. <laughs> the heat is awful. And I was doing photo shoots, weddings, and I was like swipping, sweating from every crack in my body. And the gnats, <laughs> like all the kids were screaming. I just was like totally burnt out on photography. Sure. And I wasn't really able to meet anybody in the community. I was starting to get kind of depressed. We'd been here a year and I really didn't know anybody. Um, and I really wanted to pour into the community because that's just, I love to do that kind of stuff in business. So I was like, you know. As a curvier woman shopping in the area, I could not find clothes that were modest. They were maybe college type of attire, which can be great. But for a mom who doesn't can't show her stomach anymore so much, um, I wanted to find clothes like that. So I thought that that would be a great way to meet people in the community, make women feel beautiful, um, and also find a place where people could come in and feel like no matter what they looked like, shape or size, they could feel loved, appreciated, and stylish and beautiful. And so that's kind of why I started Jackson Grace. You know, I, I love that, you know, so, you know, you, you saw a need, mm-hmm. right? Like you yes. were kind of like shopping around and then you were like, man, I can't find anything yes. like, you know, that, that suited that, that need. So mm-hmm. you decided to kind of like create it. Uh, I have to ask about the name. Why Jackson Grace? Yes. Okay. So Jax at the time, I only had one child. His name was Jackson. Um, but I thought like just saying something with Jax was too 
manly for a women's boutique. Okay. Um, so I picked Grace to represent my faith. Okay. Um, so to kind of blend the two because those are two really important things with me. And then my daughter, Brinley, who I have now, she's just left out of it. But you know what? <laughs> she will probably run it one day. So I don't care. She'll, she'll be fine. What, what does Jax think about that? Like, he thinks he, it's cool. Yeah. He, you know, he's at school and sometimes the girls in his class will have on shirts that say Jackson Grace. And he's like, Mom, I don't think they even know that that means my name. Uh, and I'm like, don't say he it. Doesn't, he doesn't tell yeah, anyone? No. Some, I think he might. He just he tries to be. I think he might be a little embarrassed because sure. it's a girl's store. He won't wear my shirts. But sure. <laughs> I don't blame him. It's a girly logo. <laughs> um, you know, I, you mentioned something earlier as well, talking about business was always in the family. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about kind of like what happened there. Okay. So my dad um, is a kitchens and bath designer. Um, and he did a lot of um, kitchen and designing work all over the country. And then he's now in Illinois. It's where he's stationed. My sister owns a hair salon. She, you know, started off small as well, ended up being a two-story salon. Mm-hmm. And so she's also a big business girl grown. And I've just always remember growing up, like, watching my dad work and saw the sacrifices he made for the family when I was younger. And just I just loved the drive. And even when I was little, like, I would constantly play store or play business owner or play restaurant. Like, I constantly had business in my mind. I would start little babysitter's clubs and, like, pretend that I was always running businesses. Like, that's how I played as mm-hmm. a child, which is kind of weird. But, um, that's super cool. you know, force my cousins to be servers and stuff. <laughs> But, from, you know, from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was all like, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. I remember we made a little play restaurant when I was a kid in our upstairs and made my mom and my aunt be our customers. And I think I've been more stressed out running that restaurant in fifth grade than I was like now. <laughs> it's so bad. But, yeah, I just always had a passion for business. And I, I just love business in general. What kind of like caused that kind of like get to be there? Um, I really, honestly, I'm not positive. It was just something that naturally runs in the family, and I have always seeked that out. Um, I love finding ways to change new techniques. So, like, you might see, like what you said earlier, a need in the community, and you want to you want to turn that into something. So, you know, I might see an old rundown building and be like, man, that could be a coffee shop. Or, sure. man, that could be this. It's kind of always in my mind. Sure, but at five years old, like, sorry, oh, fifth grade, yeah. like, you know, where was, oh, I mean, like running a restaurant. Like, yeah. you know, you you weren't, were you exposed to that at, at that age? I don't know. None of my family ever had restaurants. I mean, I did everything. I did banks, grocery stores. I had all of these little businesses that I would just create. And I, all my siblings are way older than me. I sure. can state that. So, I mean, like when I was in eighth grade, my brother was, in thir- was 36. So mm. huge gap, so yep. to speak. And so I constantly had to learn how to play things with myself. And I didn't always have friends in the neighborhood at the time. It was more like just me and my mom. And I just used my imagination. I think that's part of the fun of business is sure. you're, you're constantly creating because you got to change floor sets, change the way you do your restaurant in your, in your perspective. So all kinds of things. I just loved the idea and the challenge of being creative in new ways. But m- most girls that at that age are really playing doll. Yeah. They're playing makeup. Yep. And we have someone that is just literally open up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doing banks. Yes. Like, I know? asked for a real cash register from my dad for Christmas one year. Like not the that fake is kind. wild. But the kind you sell at the store that have the drawer and the big ching ching. <laughs> and I remember I got it and it was my favorite toy ever. Like yeah. I, I literally used it probably until I was way too old to be using that. But I did. It was fun. That's super cool. That's super <laughs> cool. Uh, and then, you know, from that did your family were they supportive did they were they like hey like this is going to like be a business whiz one day like no, how is my mom loved it she'd be well I mean I, I say that she loved it she probably faked it but like she would come be my <laughs> fake customer for me and then be like okay Rachel I need to go back and do whatever I'm doing but you keep on I literally had imaginary customers like it's pretty embarrassing no <laughs> but, that's good um yeah they were always really supportive my dad was always supportive I know when we first you know found out we were going to be leaving here so we thought 
And we, I, you know, I prayed like, God, can you please give me a sign on what to do? Like, do I close it? Do I sell it? You know, I, I didn't really know what to do with the business because I knew we would not make it in California with just California is so expensive and it just wasn't my passion and vision to be open there. And I saw actually at, right after I prayed that prayer, I drove down East Main and saw them putting up the for rent signs to that location we're mm. at now. And I was like, okay, I see you God. That's a, that's a pretty big sign. So I called my dad and I was like, hey dad, like this is it. This is the rent. Like do you think it's it's wise when the unknowns are here? And he gave me some really good dad advice slash business advice and rent advice and all that stuff because he also manages properties. So he was very supportive and has, you know, always encouraged me, you know, always call me. Like, I'll help you out because he lives in Illinois. My mom lives in Ohio. So right now they're a good phone call away support. But as a child, like, yeah, my mom always was supportive. You mentioned faith a lot. Mm-hmm. How important has your faith been in your business? So that is definitely the core and stronghold of my business. Um, Hopefully I don't tear up when I talk about it just because I'm so passionate about it. But um, I always told God, yes, I want to be blessed because I want to be successful. You know, obviously every business owner wants to see sales or see growth and all that. But my biggest thing is I want you to bless the business so that I can take from that business and give to others, whether that be in the community locally, whether that be elsewhere. I always, even as a child, when I would get money, I notice I'm so blessed. My son is the exact same way. He gets $5. He wants to give it to a friend. Uh So that's kind of how we are. Like from the very beginning, you know, we give a certain amount of our sales every December and we go out in the community and, you know, we pull the cash out and we go as a group. Sometimes it's a big group of us can go. Some It's around Christmas, so some people aren't available. Mm-hmm. But we will just go find, you know, local people in Walmart who look like they're struggling, slip some money in them and walk off. And the people are like, what the heck just happened? Or, you know, pay somebody's rent without, you know, te- we don't we don't ex- like, you know, tell these things to other people. But it's just my passion and I want my girls to see it so that they can do that as they grow and mm-hmm. grow out of Jackson Grace and give to the community or, you know, ask people, hey, do you know anybody in need? What's their needs? And then find a way to get that money to them under the table so that they can really, like, use it in their time of need. And I fully believe that, like, that is why God kept us afloat with all the challenges that we've had in the last couple years Mm -hmm. is because he knows that this isn't a selfish gain type of business that's, you know, I actually get not made fun of, but I think some business um, professionals, when they talk to me about numbers, they're like, you don't check your sales every day. You don't Mm -hmm. check your numbers. You don't do this. And I'm like, no, I kind of go against the grain because that's not my, that's not my drive. My drive is Christ. And I want people to feel that love when they come in our store. I, I know a lot of times as a female, you go into a store and you can feel judged if you don't look nice enough if you don't dress properly or, you know, you might be a little overweight or whatever the case is, it can be intimidating for a lot of women to go into stores. And I wanted to create an environment that you could come in your pajamas, you could come as you are, and we're going to treat a $5 customer the same as we would a $500 customer. And that that can be challenging because sometimes that $500 customer thinks that they can be treated better than a $5 customer, but we don't do that at Jackson Grace. And when I hire people, that is one of my biggest fears is that somebody will improperly or not properly represent what our goal is. So I always stress that in our, you know, job interviews and stuff like, you know, we're a Christian based boutique. Like we really want to represent Christ. I want smiles. And, you know, we understand you might be going through some hard times of your own, but like put it aside at the door when you come in because we want to be able to bless others. People will pick up on negative attitudes. And so we really push that. But I think a big thing is we try to create that environment for the employees so that they can show that to others as well. And I think, you know, I'm sure we've had our bad days here and there. Everybody goes through things. I know a lot of my employees have gone through some hardships lately, too, of personal reasons. And um, but our, all in all, our goal is 
for others to feel the love of Christ when they come in and no judgment zone, you know, no matter what. It's such a breath of fresh air. You know, uh, I will say this. Uh, I, I work really right across the street. Yeah, right? we're like, like I'm, business neighbors. I literally, I see you. I, <laughs> I see, see you I, Sometimes I, I, I wave. <laughs> I like, you know, do my one wheel. Like, um, and, you know, because I'm so close to here, I, I drive by the store. Um, when people are walking out, they have a smile on their face. And I think that speaks to the work that you're doing. Uh, I want to just note in here that, you know, um, uh, Black Friday is sometimes, you know, some of the, the, the biggest days. And, you know, I was driving around Statesboro. Yes. And Statesboro acts a little bit differently than other places. Yes. And a lot of places, you know, didn't really uh, do a lot for that day. But I saw a massive line. Yes. It was honestly <laughs> the, the craziest thing. I was like, oh, my Black God. Black Friday is definitely oh our craziest day. What, what do you guys do for that? Oh, my gosh. We do so much. That is the... I say it the most chaotic week of my life because there's so much going on. We've got Black Friday. We've got Small Business Saturday, which is the day after. Then you've got to do inventory because uh-huh. everything gets stolen that day and messed up. And then you've got Cyber Monday. Then you got to fill those orders. And my daughter's birthday is literally the Small Business Saturday every year. And people want to come visit for her birthday. It's pure chaos. But we do a lot of fun things. We want customers if they want to come and enjoy the chaos with us, they can come because we try to make it special. We do a ton of door busters. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I look for because I know shopping for the holidays is really expensive. Mm-hmm. So we want to try to provide items that like everybody might need to give as a gift. You know, it'll fit everybody. everybody yep. Even if they might not like baggy clothes, they got this cute baggy sweatshirt they can wear, you know, to a sports game or anything. It's not, you know, we don't do a lot of fancier stuff on Black Friday. We do more like everyday everything can give to anybody as a gift type of thing. Um, and I think that's what probably brings people in the most. We do do sales after that as well, but we, we have a lot of doorbusters to make it like incentive, like come and get the doorbusters. And then we do those again for Cyber Monday. Where did you pick up all this? Like it, what I hear is a ton of strategy. Yeah. Oh, like you are, you are, you, right? Like yeah. you are constantly thinking about like how to position the brand mm-hmm. in the best way to move it forward. So how do you kind of like, where did you pick up that business acumen? Um, well, I personally just think about what I would want. And mm-hmm. because I think there is a lot of, you know, there's the fancier boutiques in town, there's the college boutiques in town. Um, but I like to think of ours as like the more everyday, like everyday attire, comfy, cute, casual, but like you can still feel pretty and you might be able to find a dressier piece and you might be able to find a more college type of piece. But as a whole, we have like more of a variety instead of sticking to one niche because um, we want people to be able to afford their clothes. You know, it's been a little bit hard in this economy. I'm like, gosh, I could go on about that. It's been so difficult to keep my prices decent, um, you know, with shipping costs and everything. But I just want people, I know how I want to feel. And as a busy mom, and I know that is a lot of Statesboro and a lot of the people that I know from my church or, the, you know, Jackson School, Brindley School, every everybody, you know, teachers, moms, they just want to be able to still look cute, mm-hmm. but be comfortable and be able to afford it and not have to go to Belk or, you know, any other stores like they just want to come where they can get something that is for them and so i try to put myself in their in their shoes and them in mine because we're kind of the same um but still keep a little bit of variety because not every college girl wants to show her midriff or Mm. not everybody you know who's a 80 year old woman wants to dress like they're 80 they want to dress like they're 30 or 40 so we we take everybody i know it hurts my heart when like older ladies come in and they're like oh i know you probably don't have anything for me i'm like honey my mom shops here it's fine (laughs) she's you know 70 years old or so so we try to keep a little bit of, for, of something for everybody, yeah. but keep them comfortable, but looking cute because you're a busy mom. You got to be comfortable, but you want to be cute. Um, Brandon, I'm not sure if you know him. He's uh, somebody that works inside the Fab Lab. Okay. Um, 
he got uh, asked to go to Jackson Grace to pick up a pair of, I think they were sandals for his wife. <laughs> okay. So being that I was actually preparing for this podcast, I decided, you know, just go along. Yeah. And one thing that stood out to me, uh, I started asking a bunch of questions as I usually do. That's <laughs> kind of like the, the way that I approach it. Yeah. Uh, but I was asking just, you know, um, I, and I forget her name. She's, I, I forget what, what her name was. But uh, I was asking her, I was like, you know, well, about sales in terms of online versus everything. And the thing that stood out to me is if I didn't know it, I would thought that she would have some, at least some ownership in the place. Mm -hmm. It seems like your staff is always just on top of like their knowledge. They are very involved within the store. Mm -hmm. How do you create that type of culture, right? Especially in this yes. day and age. I think right now we're going through this really weird time. Yes. I don't know if you ever experienced it with like, you know, places that you go to. Mm -hmm. But to a certain extent, like the, the staff has been almost demoralized. They're not as engaged anymore. Mm -hmm. How do you do it? So I actually asked them. I knew preparing for this podcast, I wanted to have, you know, information. And I, I knew kind of in my heart, like why they're this way. But I wanted to hear from them. And they all said basically the same things, which was that I don't treat them any differently than I would anybody. So like for me, all the jobs that I had in the past when I was, you know, working at car rental shops and working at a college, my managers and bosses always treated me like I was nothing. Doesn't matter how hard I worked, mm. they thought they were better than everybody. Mm. And I have always hated that environment. I don't think that's fair, especially as a business owner. Your staff is the one that's representing you, so you want to treat them that way. And just like God, you know, I want Jesus or Jesus treats us that way, you know, we want, I want to represent him at all times. And I don't. I fail at all times. There's going to be days where I might have something personal go on at home. Sure. I might be stressed about my daughter or son or whatever the case. And I might, you know, look a little more short tempered or have a real bad RBF that day. But for the whole, I want to treat them like the important people that they are to me. They're my staff. They represent my business, my faith, my store, all of it. And we create a home environment. A lot of them talked about how I create an environment to where when they come to work, they don't feel like it's work. They feel like it's home, mm. you know, and they might have days where they, of course, don't feel that way, but <laughs> especially Black Friday. But no, we, we create a fun environment for everybody, for everybody that's there. Sorry. You're good. Um, and I just always encourage them while they're there and when they're working at Jackson Grace to continue to grow in whatever their passions are. But I think because I value them and their lives and realize that they have a life outside of work, they have family outside of work, that work is not their whole life and sure. I need to respect that, they respect me in return. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they need to get off because their daughter has something to do or they need to get off because their boyfriend wants to take them for their anniversary date, you know, I've always made it happen. I, mm -hmm. I respect that that work is not everything in this life. And sure. their work here is it's just a job, you know. So th that has to bring up like, you know, discipline, because yes. just because you are, you know, treat them as individuals doesn't mean that discipline doesn't happen. Yes. So in discipline, that's is di difficult, that's difficult, right? That is that is I will say that line is hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I do try to be very thorough. I think one of the you know, I give a lot of expectations during job interviews. That way it's all on the table. And yep. if you don't think you can be like that, then just don't take the job maybe. Yeah. Um, but I try to make it very clear. Hey, you know, we want to make sure that you understand, like, we're going to be friends. You know, we're going to laugh and have a good time. But if it's we're prepping for Black Friday, I'm like, hey, you know, Reagan, can you go do this? Or, hey, Austin, can you go do this? Or, Brooke, can you go shoot this up over here and do this and blah, blah, blah. If I have an RBF while I'm saying that, don't take it personal. Sure. Like. If, if there's any issues, you will be brought, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. 
you never have to wonder, I feel like, with me. Maybe they do, just because I do have a really strong, big bottom lip. My old manager used to tell me that all the time, big RBF. But, um, you know, I always want them to know, like, we might, you know, have to work, work is work, but always come to us as a person if you need to. And I think that that respect goes both ways. So I have to be careful. I have had a previous employee in the past who we still love her to death, but I think she disagreed with the way that I manage my employees because she said, Rachel, I just don't understand why you give them off all the time. Like, why do you, why do you let them do this? Like, I never was able to do that. And my whole thinking in that was these girls are only in college once because it's most of them that need off, you know, managers and stuff. This is their career. So they, they're not asking off as much. Um, but they're only in college once and I was once there and I wish I could have had that respect because there, I did work three jobs in college and I didn't get a lot of extra college time that I probably could have. Um, you know, once they get to your position and they're a manager one someday or they're a business owner, then they can work a lot if they want and not, and have to miss those important things because that's life. You know, when you're older, that's life. But as they're now, like, if I can make it happen for them, I want to make it happen. And Mm so does it put some of us behind sometimes? Does it mean that my kids suffer and sometimes they have to come to work with me? Yes. Do you think that people take advantage of that? Um, I think I've had a couple maybe in the past that maybe tiptoe or even currently sometimes, but I don't think that they do it intentionally. Sure. I think they just are so used to it because I have had employees that, you know, once they graduate college, they go on to their real big girl job and mm-hmm. then they call me and they're like, Rachel, oh my gosh, I had no idea how good I have had it there. I, I'm so like, I feel, oh, I hate this. Like, uh-huh. I can't believe that I have to work a real life sure. job. I'm like, that, that's good. You know, it sucks for you. I'm sorry, but welcome to the real world. Yeah. But at least they could enjoy it while they were in college, you know, and they're only they're only little once, quote, quote, you know, they're in college. You know, that's that's my motto with with that whole mentality. Sure. It's difficult for sure. But I do set expectations where, like, I can't make an exception. Like Black Friday, if you're you getting hired, to. you have to be there. Mm-hmm. That's a 100 percent must. And then if the time comes and my friend can cover for somebody that works two or three hours or lives two or three hours away, I'll be like, Hey Austin, mm-hmm. you can go home with your family for black Friday. Jennifer will walk your shift, you know? That's right. So we, we try to be flexible, but it, it is a fine line. You're right. Yeah. Sometimes it's difficult, but how close would you say uh, your staff is with each other? Uh, I literally like glue. Like <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, sometimes I'll be at my house, no makeup in my pajamas and my grandma, Moo, like just chilling. And they'll be like, can we come over? Like, oh. okay, sure. You uh-huh. know, we, we love you. Whatever. Uh-huh. Um, we try to do a lot together outside of the store as well. We do a lot of, um, you know, Christmas things together. Um, I know a lot of the younger girls, they're together even way more because, you know, me and my, my managers, we have husbands or kids so we can't do everything that they do but they're very very close mm-hmm. even sometimes after somebody has left they'll they're still close even my very first five batch of employees my first five girls um i'm still really close with almost all of them um even though they're in pooler now or making or wherever um we just built a bond because of how much we respected each other when we had that mutual working you know relationship and i wouldn't trade it for the world because i never want to put myself above them because they are they're the reason that we are successful. You know, I could sit here and as a business owner, try to toot my own horn with like things that I've did, Mm -hmm. but none of that matters if my staff is not great. And I think that's, that's why we are successful is they are willing to work hard. Um, So let's talk about kind of a little bit of, you know, what else uh, the business is currently doing. So you do currently have a single store, Mm -hmm. uh, a brick and mortar. Yes. Uh, I've heard that your online Mm -hmm. also does uh, a tremendous amount of uh, orders off that. Yes. Um, 
And then the the portal through that, I believe, is TikTok, if I'm not mistaken. We do have a TikTok. Uh-huh. Yeah, a little embarrassing sometimes. Why? But, yeah, just some of the stuff that we do. <laughs> we are so not prissy girls on there. We're very, like, let's do some behind the scenes of, like, real stuff that's, like, you might want to not do in public, but we're going to do it because we don't care type of thing. But, yeah, we, we do have a TikTok, and that's a lot of fun. We also have an app and okay. that, that helped us a lot in our website. Um, we, we actually have a lot of room to grow on our online store. Okay. Surprisingly, I would say our business is probably like a 75% in-store, 25% online. It's, mm-hmm. it's growing because for the first four years, let's see, 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, five to six years, I never paid for marketing at all. Not mm. one, not one cent. Which is amazing. If, so, you, if we take a moment just yes. to think about, that is phenomenal. Yeah. I, it was all solely based off word of mouth and just drive and hard work, you know, lots of two, three o'clock in the morning hours for myself so that we could get it done and grow, whatever. Um, but it wasn't until mid or early, I can't remember, 2021 that take, I started Take marketing. me through that. So, like, you know, you don't do any marketing at all. We do now. No, I'm saying in Before, the first five yes. years. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the five years. Okay. Uh, year one, you know, people are coming into the store, yeah. kind well, of going into the Year one store. was like a 200, 200, it was probably not much bigger than this room. It's a very small. It was like the back end. Do you know our board and brush? States I do know where that so is. In their back storage room, okay. it was like a maybe 200 square feet space. It's very, very small, like the size of a giant closet. Sure. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, my rent is 200 a month. So if I sell at least four shirts, maybe that'll, you know, four, eight shirts a month, that'll cover it. Who was in the front at that time? Um, a consignment store for kids. Okay. Which so, actually high ended up being my best friend. She, she took over that and uh-huh. But I had nothing to do with the business. It was just I was solely renting their space and people would come in the back door and come to our little tiny room. Sure. Um, and that was really cool because it was very small. You know, we only had one person working at a time, mm-hmm. usually me. And I was really blown away because I did not expect to get as busy as we did so fast. And it wasn't, I think, until November. I don't remember if it was 2016 or 2017, but we literally moved two doors down to uh, the building that was like literally two doors down from where we were currently. And then it wasn't even, I think a year after that, we moved to where we are now. So mm-hmm. we kept growing and we've already outgrown the space that we're, that we're in now. We started with just the front end of the store. I think you've seen that, it. Yep. It's like 1,300 square feet or so. Yeah. Then we rented out the back apartment once that became open and that was an extra 1400 square feet or so then we outgrew into this little extra room then we rented one of the upstairs apartments and i'm like i'm over it i just want a bigger space but at the same time i i struggle to i don't want to go so big because i'm nervous like obviously that would be awesome but at the same time i'm still a mom of two young kids and i know myself and i have no stop so if it's growing i'm gonna go and do it and i'm gonna work hard but i don't want my kids to suffer that is an amazing story so i we'll come back to kind of the family piece but you started from a room yes so talk talk to like what is the shopping experience because you you, they're awkward right (laughs) usually in a store you can oh you still have some like oh you'll come back check in like no you have nowhere to run no and there's nowhere to look like where do i look because i don't want people to think i'm looking at them i don't want them to think i think they're stealing but like i only have a wall right here here to look at what do i do how many how many people would you have in there at one time Usually one or two would come in at a time, but if I would run a sale, I mean, I have a picture actually somewhere on my phone of this little closet and there's probably like 20 to 25 college girls in there. I was running like a, maybe a college girl Pico sale or something. I don't uh-huh. remember. And it was just really funny because nobody had anywhere to move, but they were in there supporting me. So it was really cool. Um, but That's yeah. That's a lot of time. Did, it, so when did the, well, the five employees, did they come on right when you had that small, small store? Yeah. Or, so okay. I was trying to have like, 
I think, I don't remember, at the time my husband was working like 100 some hours a week with the Marine Corps recruiting stuff. And uh, I we didn't have any family here, so I had my son. Sure. So I had to kind of make sure balance that I could balance out. all that. Yeah, so I needed some help there. But most of the time it was there, me by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, we had no back room. We had nowhere to unload warehouse boxes. So when a shipment came, I just stood there at the counter and <laughs> steamed and did everything in front of everybody. So I'm glad we grew out of that because that was very difficult. <laughs> but I bet. Yeah. And then now that's kind of like, you know, you, you've moved multiple times. Now it seems like you've taken over an entire building. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the point that we kind of like left off on was, you know, you have your family. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely important yes. to you. And you also have your business, which is yes, this, my baby, too. Right. So <laughs> yeah. how do you how do you for you? How do you balance that? So I'm going to confess that I 100 percent struggle with that. Um, I'm the how do I say this? So I would rather myself or my family suffer, which is terrible, and let somebody else be off because they need something or they've got a desire or something that they need to do. You know, my my kids may have to come sit on the back couch or run around the store annoying everybody because I need to go there and cover because I want somebody else to have that day off that they asked for or whatever the case. So I do struggle with saying no um, just because I want everybody to be happy. Um, And I do feel like there are times, you know, like I know the day before my daughter's birthday, which was a small business Saturday or Black Friday, I had to stay after we had the girls vote. Do you want to do inventory here or here? And we stayed to do it after small business Saturday. And I was there until I think six in the morning, hadn't slept at all in the last like two days, hardly. And my daughter's birthday was the next day and I was just a zombie. And I looking back, I feel really guilty. But at the same time, like I wanted to get it done because I wanted my customers to be able to like shop right when we told them like hey sure. cyber monday's at this clock at this time and if i didn't stay it wouldn't have got done so i i definitely struggle and i i don't want my kids to suffer because i do have some memories of that as a child like remembering like times where i could tell my dad chose business over sure. me so i don't want my kids to feel like that but i'm hoping once they get older they'll understand that there are times when like mommy has to do this or you know but it's a, it's a I, tough I connect with that line. so much. Oh, it's so um, hard. When I was younger, I, I grew up in the restaurant industry, yeah. which is, makes sense, right? Like yeah, restaurants yeah. Now. <laughs> Killing uh, it. But I, I grew up, um, you know, just at a booth. Uh, and then customers would come in and see me. They like I got to the point where like, and I was just like a, a fixture of like the yeah. experience, <laughs> the right? It's just yeah. like right. Oh, sad of me. But I think it's such a uh, eye-opening thing because not only do they kind of get to see things that they normally wouldn't see mm-hmm. because they are seeing the business? But they also see your passion and hard work. Yes. And they see that pay off. Yeah. And that is one of the things that, for me, I, I just value so much. I mean, of course, do I wish I could have had more, I don't know, uh, weekends, you know, going out and doing uh, mm-hmm. Maybe, right? Like, you know, to a certain extent, there is a potential desire. Right. But I think what, you, what you've given them and what you're giving them is even potentially more important. Yeah, that's so, kind of what I hope. Like, yeah. I hope that they see... Well, have when they they're older, yet? do they complain? Uh, my my son, my daughter <laughs> always wants to come, and she loves it. She but loves it. they don't like when I go without them. So oh, really? they both like being there. They just don't like when I leave. Like, mommy, are you going to work today? Do you have to work today? Uh-huh. Then they'll get bummed if I do. Yeah. Um. But as far as when they're there, you know, I think it annoys the girl sometimes because Jackson wants to come and try to do the scanner and you know, do all <laughs> kinds of kids things. But I do hope that when they see the hard work and they see like, wow, mommy's like walking 100 miles an hour with her head cut off. Like, mm. what is she doing? But 
I do try to take those moments and teach them like this is why you work hard, you sure. know, or try to teach my son humble reasons like, hey, if we are able to buy this, it is only because of hard work and sure. you can't get there just by wanting it, you know, That's or right. because somebody that you saw on YouTube got it because they make money on YouTube. Like, no, you have to work hard in, in life. Yeah. And so I want them to know that, like, you can always work hard. And if you set your goal and your dreams hard enough or high enough, as long as you put in the work, you can make it accomplished. I don't care where you came from. doesn't matter if you came out of a box, you know, anything. If you put in the work. You can do it, and that's what I hope that they they see. So you know, with the with the that in mind, mm-hmm. uh, the people that are listening to this channel, um, they're entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. If you had kind of like a, a word of advice from your experiences in terms of you know whether it's uh, starting kind of like tiny, like most people, I wouldn't think you know would start a, a boutique <laughs> inside in of a closet. Small, so, that's yeah. amazing yeah, to me. It's crazy. I, it blows my mind, right? Yeah. Uh, but if there is a kind of a word of advice that you have uh, for them out there, what would it be? I would say never get discouraged um, because and keep the faith. There are going to be hard days. I remember there was one day in the very beginning where we had zero sales. And I was like, nobody came into the store all day today. This is awful. Oh, my gosh. And I, it was so easy to just get down. And then the next day, you know, it was fine. And we had more customers coming in. So there are going to be ups and downs. There's going to be trials. You know, the economy is going to throw things your way. Your life, your health, anything is going to come in and try to disrupt you. And I would just say if it's something you really want, don't give up. Keep pushing. Keep working hard. The sleepless nights will pay off. Mm. You know, definitely the first three to four years of my business, I really struggled. I had everything on my plate. So anybody that was working for me from like 2016 to 2020 or 21 even, I would say mid, you know, about when COVID hit, 2020, March or so. They saw me probably more stressed out than anybody because I was doing everything. I was social media. I was photography. I was manager. I was owner. I was employee. I was everything. And that was really hard. That was Mm -hmm. a very difficult time. I was very stressed out. It wasn't until I decided, you know what, it's worth it financially and mentally, emotionally, whatever, to hire somebody to help. Mm -hmm. It became a lot more manageable. And, you know, you have all them sleepless nights, but they do pay off. That's right. As long as you're working hard. That's right. Yeah. So... Rachel, well, we're so thankful for you. Your story is absolutely inspiring. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for bringing just, again, a breath of fresh air to our community uh, and to the world. And thank you so much for yeah. tuning in. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Cool.